All right, welcome to True Baloney. I'm George. And I'm Peter. And today we have a very special guest who came in all the way from upstate New York. And her name is Terry. And Terry is going to be talking to us today. She has a lot of crazy stories. And she also has a lot of energy. So <laughs> Peter and I are going to be hard pressed to, to stay on track here. Keep up. And keep up. But welcome. Thank you. Thank you for Good coming you all the way from upstate New York. <laughs> Thank you. you must have had something else to do here in Illinois. I did. I came to celebrate my birthday here. In Illinois? Betsy and George. Oh. And Paul. And we should also say that if there's any strange other random room noise during the recording, <laughs> that Betsy is with us in the room, just off mic, and pretending not to be here, I think. Right. Yeah. She's being she's very quiet right Very now. quiet. Okay. And, and she's doing a great job, by the way. Just thumbs up for, for just sitting there and not doing anything. She's so embarrassed. It's amazing. She won't even laugh. Okay. If you can see the color red over the podcast. Anyway, I love her so much. So, Terry. Yes. You have a very interesting career path. I do. And you started off, well, you didn't start off, but when I joined uh, your story last night when we were doing a, a little bit of prep work, you were a mortician. Yes. Okay. And so, what's being a mortician like? You're around dead bodies all the time. It's the most wonderful job. <laughs> mm -hmm. It is quiet. Mm -hmm. Nobody's giving their opinion all the time, mm -hmm. harassing you, breathing down your neck. It's a wonderful job if you just like quiet, play a little music, and do what you do. Now, but, so the, the families aren't breathing down your neck and yelling at you? Not until after. They don't usually want to come in the back. Okay. Right. Yeah. And what's happening in the back? What are you doing? In the back, we're actually prepping the body. Mm -hmm. Doing the autopsy. Okay, we're talking about, for for our slower listeners, we're talking about dead bodies. Human. Yes. Human. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. That's why they're uh, quiet. Okay. And they did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and none of them have come back to life on you? No, but Because that would know, be the story. <laughs> there are bodies that... I got to the point where I started talking to the bodies, mm -hmm. and I'd say, okay, I'm about to cut you. Mm -hmm. Just because people have been known to look like they've died oh, and wow. they haven't. Okay. And people naturally release gas yeah. when, they, when they pass away. <laughs> oh, oh, later, <laughs> you know, later. Like that. But, <laughs> and so I used to get a lot of that. So now, I, 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 wow. after a while, I just say, I am about to cut you. So if you're alive, you better give me this some time. This is the time, time, right? Now mm -hmm. is the time. Yep, and then after that, you, you do this V-cut on the neck and then right down the straight of the body. Okay, yes. and, and then you reach in and pull out all the organs and throw them in the trash. What kind of depends. There's okay. different kinds of autopsies. You can do partials, mm -hmm. you can do hold autopsies, or you can just do block by block. Now, were you at a funeral home, or were you at a, an hospital, or what where, where, sort of place was this that you were working? Well... Or can you say? No, no, I can say. This <laughs> particular time, I was working at the VA hospital. Okay, gotcha. In La Jolla, California. Gotcha. But I've also worked at different funeral homes, including in the military. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the military needs morticians. Well, which sure. Is, I mean, of course they do. Yes, they do. Um, which is, you know, sad and true. Um, so, at one point, though, you were in Nebraska. Yes. And you wrote letters in Nebraska. Peter's from Nebraska. I'm a Nebraska. Yes. So, I'm... so bond, quickly. Yeah, right now. Where in yes. Nebraska? I lived in Omaha, Nebraska, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I've worked in Lincoln, Nebraska, yeah. so I made that 50-mile drive every day. 
Yes. No, well, the brass and speed limit 70, so it was all good. It's all good. You could, yeah, it's Let's a short go. commute. Yes. <laughs> yeah, easy. And so while you were there, you um, were going to sort of approach this from a roundabout way. Uh, you wrote letters to a certain government body on yes. a regular basis. Yes. And, and tell us what the letters you wrote. Uh, the letters I wrote were to ensure that a woman who had taken the life of three of her children wasn't released from the psychiatric facility she was in. Wow. Okay. And so... And it's called Lincoln Regional Center. Okay. I knew people who yeah. <laughs> ended up at Lincoln Regional Center. Oh, anyway, and somebody who worked there too, but anyway, yeah. Mm -hmm. So she was there. Yes. And she was there because she was going through a divorce with her husband. And up to this point, he had never talked about taking her three children. But he had met somebody that he was going to be with. And when he called her during the week, he told her, I'm still filing for divorce. I found somebody, and we have decided that we would like the kids. Up to that point, she had the kids all week. He had the kids on the weekend. And this was a good arrangement for them. But something snapped when he told her, I'm going to be taking you to court to try to get full custody. This was in the middle of the week. In my mind, this was premeditated because then this ended up happening to these, this, these children on a Sunday. And she got up that morning and got everybody dressed and they all went to church and came home and she fed the children and put everybody down for a nap. And then she proceeded to take their lives. And she cut two of the children across their throats, across the carotids. And then the third child, hearing the screams, woke up. And as that child was trying to run out of the bedroom, she stabbed this child multiple times in its back. Wow. And then she tried to take her own life. That bitch didn't die. That pissed me off. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so she was evaluated, went to court, et cetera, et cetera. And they found her to be not wrapped tight. Mm -hmm. And so, so they put her in the Lincoln Regional Center. But... Every chance she got, she tried to get out. And so a lot of us that were in that particular area of, of health, we would write letters to ensure she didn't get out. Mm -hmm. And so until I left, left Nebraska, she was still in. Just making sure that there's always a letter in that file that's got a date on it from last month. that she took yeah. three children's lives, yeah. little yeah. children. And so you had a more personal connection to Yes, that. yes, because I worked for, I don't know if I'm supposed to be dropping doctor's names, so I'll say Dr. S and Dr. P. Perfect, sure. But I was working for Dr. S, and Dr. S, well, of course, just the DR in front of his name had a lot more jingle than me. So he got to go on a lot more vacations. So <laughs> when he would go on vacations, I would go work with Dr. P at the coroner's office. There were quite a few rooms in the coroner's office and different texts. At that time, I was called a diener. That got changed quickly because in Greek mythology, a diener means a slave. I'm not having that. Yeah, I was good at what I did. Not, not a good. That's right. So we were called texts at that point. And so different texts would work in different rooms in the coroner's office. And when I went into the room that I was supposed to work in that morning and opened the door and saw these three little kids in these bloody pajamas, with the little feet in the pajamas and so forth, I just, 
I was a mess. Mm -hmm. And so I came out of the room and I went in and I talked to Dr. P and I said, I can't do this. And he said, yes, you can, Terry. I really can't do this. Yes, you can, Terry. You need to breathe, relax, and this is going to be okay. And then I asked him what happened. And when he told me the story, I just wanted to make the kids look good. We don't just embalm. We don't just do the autopsy. There's a lot involved. You do makeup. You work with cotton and collodion to fill in any spaces. You do a a lot with lighting and so forth because people are going to be viewing these bodies. So I wanted to do the best job that I could for these. I can't imagine. It's just it's horrific. I can't imagine. It was just to see three little kids laying there in their bloody little pajamas. It just it just about took me over the edge, and I I walked the ragged edge anyway, so I wouldn't have had to fall far. But it it was awful. So. Like I said, up until the point when I left Lincoln, Nebraska, she was still in the regional center, which made me very happy. And then my life got very, very busy, and I stopped writing letters, so I don't know what eventually happened to her, but I hope she's still locked up tight. Okay. As do I. And, you know, I'm sure one of our dozens of listeners is going to <laughs> going They're going to Google up it. Some, I've it. got <laughs> my, people, my people in Nebraska right now. Do it. Do, can we Google that for us and let us know? Thank you. Yeah, yeah your Nebraska people yeah, must totally. know all about they this. Know they're like, oh, oh I remember that. Yeah. yeah. This was how long ago? This was in the 80s, so yeah. quite a while ago. Yeah. 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 yeah I have to admit that I, I tried to find it this mm-hmm. morning and uh, uh, last night, and I... I it didn't immediately pop up, but I, I also think I might not have written the name down right. And so. I'm going to look it up, George, and I will mm-hmm. send you that article. Do you really want to look it up, though, Terry? Do you really want to know what happened to her? I don't want to know what happened to her. Yeah. I just want to yeah. show George the story that was in the paper. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. she'll just make me mad. Exactly. It's not exactly. that old to me. You're, yeah. And you're better off, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. without that in your head mm-hmm. right now. And especially since I kept a lot of friends in Nebraska, so consequently I go there quite a bit to visit. Yep. I don't want to know. It could get yeah. me in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And so now, speaking of stuff that could get you in trouble, let's talk about Desert Storm. <laughs> yes. Because you... Did you serve? Were you, you were... We did search and recovery. Yeah. And you were there for two weeks? Yes. With your Army Reserve unit? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you did search and recovery. And yes. what did you recover on your search? Two pounds of marijuana. <laughs> 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 That's a lot nicer than body yes, recovery, it was isn't it? Really nice. Did it they send you nice out looking been... for two pounds of marijuana? No, they sent us out looking for bodies. <laughs> but what we found was two pounds of marijuana, and it probably could have been a real joy to find that. Except mm-hmm. for one, I was in the military. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um, two, our commander was right there with us, so we couldn't even hide it later on going. You know, but. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was a pound and a half, I swear to God. Yeah. It was a pound and a half. Yeah. And the commander wasn't ready to, yeah, let's wake and bake. Wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what I did learn from that experience? Mm-hmm. There was a little bit pinched off here and there. And up to that point, I really didn't know a lot about pot. I knew what it smelled like. I knew what it looked like. But I wasn't mm-hmm. somebody that indulged a lot. Mm-hmm. But we did take a little bit, just, you know, experiment. And I had a girl in the military teach me how to roll a joint. I don't know how everybody else learned how to roll a joint, but I learned how <laughs> I to learned roll a, a joint storm. over the toilet. <laughs> over the and, toilet. And she taught me how to, how to roll it over the toilet because she said, you're not going to want your pot to fall in there. And she was right. I could roll a joint that looked like a cigarette, for mm-hmm. real, for real. 
And I did. I learned over toilet while I was in the Women's Army Corps. And in the Women's Army Corps, we wore a Palace Athena on one side and a U.S. on the other side. That was dismantled in 75. And so now you wear U.S. U.S. like all the fellas do. But in the day, women had their own Army Corps. I like that, Palace Athena. But now, so, and, the, and the, over the toilet also has the, the added benefit that if you drop any, it's gone, right? That's you don't have right. to worry about Ditto. crumbs getting in anywhere. Yeah, it's just a matter of a flush, and you and know you're gone. not putting your hands in there. So yeah, you're going to make exactly. sure all your yeah. stuff is in that paper. Yeah, yeah. 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 that's smart. That's smart. <laughs> that's, yeah, good, good. The U.S. military, I'm sorry, is the finest in the world. Absolutely. And that right there proves Right. my point. Hey. And, and you just learned how always to do it. Thinking. Always thinking. Always You turned thinking. in that two pounds. It disappeared. <laughs> some, some commanding officer had a really good the, time. I bet you. Or it's with the, you know, the Ark of the Covenant in that right. warehouse mm -hmm. at the end of the movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's where it is. And it's still unmarked, there. Yep. Yep. Wooden crate. And, yeah. So, that and that was that was the craziest thing that happened to you over in Desert Storm. It was warm, though, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And... And, it was but a desert. Now, at that point, you were in the Army Reserve or were you in the Air Force Reserve? Were you sleeping in a tent or were you, did you have a roof over your head? I know, and that's why I had to change from the Army Reserve to mm -hmm. the Air Force Reserve. Because the Army wanted to put you in the ground, on the ground, in a sleeping bag, mm -hmm. regardless of the weather. Mm -hmm. Air Force, they put you in a hotel. <laughs> mm -hmm. I switched up. No kidding. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked the Army when it was the Women's Army Corps because I felt like we had a lot of power. We were the Women's Army Corps. Mm -hmm. But then when they switched over, I knew I had to go to the Air Force because I was about tired of sleeping on the ground. Right? Mm -hmm. And so were you still in, you were in Germany. And yes. this is later, right? Yes. And were you, what, were you still in the service when this was happening or were you just working in Germany when, when the next story about the helicopter that we're about to talk about. Oh, I was in the military. Okay. And this, um, number one, me, Terry, and a girl named Carol, and if she's listening today, we were the very first um, morticians mm -hmm. in the Army. Very first female morticians in the oh, Army. Oh, wow. Because the okay. Army used to be, it was a duty thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so most morticians were men. And so, yeah, we were the very first too. Okay. Kind of proud of it. How, and how did you come to mortuary science? Because I grew up in a family that had mortuaries. Okay. And so I was always interested. My sister was always grossed out and wanted to know if I had taken a bath before I set dinner table. <laughs> she just didn't want nothing to do with it. Okay. And my brother had no interest at all. If it wasn't a basketball, he could care less. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm imagining you at the dinner table with, with your sister being completely prim and proper, with you just, like, having a dripping apron, and, and your brother, like, spinning two basketballs, you know, and then it's like, all right, let's eat. That's what it was like, right? They sound like you're invited over. <laughs> I was there. A little while. And so, you told me that, can you just tell me about uh, us, about the, um, the, the Autobahn and what happened and then Grandma and yes. all of that. Well, in Germany and the Autobahn, there is no speed limit. Yeah. No speed limit. And so if you have an accident, you better be in a big Buick, which they don't have in Germany. <laughs> all the cars are little. But this particular family, it was a guy that was in the military with his wife and a small child. And going up the Autobahn, they ended up having an accident. 
and this little girl flew from the back seat oh. out through the windshield oh. and ended up passing away. Um, the wife ended up being flown back to the United States. The military man, this woman's son that I'm going to be talking about, he ended up dying. She was, just by the way she presented herself, in both dress and mannerisms and the fact that she just kind of flew by helicopter onto our uh, telepath at this mortuary, I knew she had crazy jingle. Okay, now who's flying in? This is the mother of the guy that died, okay. the military man. Mm -hmm. She got out of the helicopter. She strolled into the <laughs> funeral home and proceeded to tell me what I was going to do. Wow. And I had to tell her that the military had certain protocol. And so initially she didn't want to hear anything I had to say. She just wanted her grandchild. You learn very early in that career that you don't mess with somebody grieving. You've learned to talk real, real fast and be as respectful as you possibly can. And you want to be right up in their grill because you want them to hear you. Right. Because they just want what they want. They're grieving. They've lost their son. They've lost their granddaughter. You're going to give me this child. So I, I kind of backed up <laughs> and told her the way it, it had to be. So she ended up calming down. She filled out all the papers. We finished doing everything that we had to do for her granddaughter, which was she had an autopsy. Mm. She was embalmed. She was supposed to be pretty much shrouded in plastic, but she didn't give me that much time. We no sooner finished embalming this baby, and this grandmother walked in and swooped that child up oh off that God. table, wrapped her in a blanket, she had signed the papers. Now, I've done what you want me to do. I'm taking my grandchild. And she did. She wrapped her in a blanket, and she got on that helicopter, and away she went. But that was a real learning experience for me because she wanted what she wanted. And so at that time, I realized sometimes it doesn't matter what I want. But I did know that I had to fill all the requirements of the military. So I got mm -hmm. the paperwork filled out, et cetera, et cetera, and I got the body finished. But after that, well, there was you were, no talking to her. Yeah, you were able to give her what she wanted, or yes. at least not stop her, Yes. but still get done what you had, had to, get, to get done. Yes. But yeah. that woman must have had some strings to pull. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, she yeah. must have been oh, yeah. somebody that she'd landed in a helicopter. Right, like the Secretary or, of Defense or something. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, and if you saw just how manicured girlfriend was and for a jacket she had on wow. and the way she carried herself, oh, you weren't messing with her. <laughs> I'm taking the baby, or I'm a, your sister. You can wow. have this baby, but I need to finish my job. And so, wow. now, follow-up. She takes the baby away on the helicopter, and you presume that next she takes the baby back to mm -hmm. the U.S. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't want to be morbid. Hey, we're so, way, we're deep. We're way we're, past we're that, I know. In it this is the fourth. All right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and it's a mortician. What it would, That'll be the know, name of this episode, probably. Is, I don't want to be morbid. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Okay. Um, can you imagine being on an airplane, and then a grandmother walks in, <laughs> and you're on an overseas flight, so it's like nine or ten hours, and she oh, you've got a little baby. <laughs> oh, it's a real baby, and it's not alive. 
I mean, first of all, I don't think that would happen nowadays, but I think so, 20 years ago, maybe so. I but bet you she flew on a, on a military plane. I bet maybe you she too. had her yep, own thing. It was yeah. probably, and you mm-hmm. know, they had those refrigerator I mean, sections, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But no, I bet she went by military. You know, I mean, because you're, she had to in have, your imagination, they would yeah. have had to go through TSA. Right. And, you like, know, and it's like, yeah, put that X, in the bucket X, and send it through the x-ray machine. God. and then. <laughs> yeah. No, I bet she went military. Mm-hmm. But I overhead. also... Yeah, exactly. Overhead I'm sorry, or you're going to need to stone the dead child. The seat in front of you. I know. <laughs> oh, we're awful. We're awful people. Oh. You know what? We're, we, I am glad we had this little laugh because I, I didn't want it to get too deep. Yeah. Right yeah, there. Yeah, so, yeah a little you know. tense there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peter is not so convinced. <laughs> <laughs> and Betsy just keeps shaking her head like, oh my time. God, what are you doing? <laughs> but this is why it's true baloney. All right. Uh, yeah. We want your best. So, okay, so now on a lighter note, and, and boy, time is flying. Yeah, it's flying by. So, so now, you wrote down a whole bunch of... I did. Uh, ideas for stories, yes. I, I think, yes. like true things that you have done or have happened to you. Yes, and I'm so not gonna share them all, but give us a couple. Right, just okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, on the way here, I was telling Betsy one of my stories, and um, it was about when I first moved out of my parents' house and decided that I was going to go to California. Now, this was after the military. Because I initially went into the military because I wanted them to pay for my schooling. So it was all about the GI Bill. So I'd been in the military, was going out to California to go to school. Three of us, me and my girlfriend at the time, because I'm gay and single right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and my- <laughs> we'll post a link to your Tinder page or something? Yeah. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> We're brought to you by eHarmony. <laughs> Me and my girlfriend and a guy named Lenny, we were going out to California because I wanted to go to Mortuary Science College. Lenny wanted to learn to be a welder, and there was some nice school out there for that. And Georgianne at that point was kind of up in the air. She wanted to be a funeral director or I might be a welder. She didn't know what she wanted to do, but she wanted to be with her girlfriend, so what to be. So we went out to California, and once we got to California, it was quite an adventure getting there. But that part of the story, Betsy said, you might want to keep some of that to yourself. <laughs> so I kept that part to myself. <laughs> but we got out to California, and it was easier. We kept trying to find a place to live because we went out there in a van. And after a while, three people in a van, I don't care how much you think you love each other, it gets real old. And we had to go to, there was a Sunoco gas station in Pasadena. And there was an older man that owned it. And after a while, I think he kind of got the hint, they're here every morning. And they always drive up and go right in the bathroom because that was our bathroom. And so we'd go there in the morning and wash up and get dressed, and then we'd go out and we'd look for jobs. Mm -hmm. And so even though we had pulled all of our money together prior to going out there, nobody wanted to give us a place to live until we had jobs. And so I got the first job, and I worked at a place called Venus One. And Venus One is a porno theater Mm -hmm. in and. In um, Pasadena, California. Mm-hmm. I know and it well. Did you? All I'm right, kidding, well, of course. It's nice. Mm-hmm. It was nice. And then there was, and then um, Lenny got the second job. He wanted to be a welder, and he actually got an apprentice job before he even went to school, which was kind of yeah, nice. That's impressive. And George got a George Ann got a job at Sears, and she broke down tires, 
And she made a lot of money doing that during those days in the late 70s, breaking down tires, shoot. So now we have money. Mm -hmm. But they worked a lot more hours than I did. And so consequently, during the day, I was the one that was out and about looking for apartments. Well, in the late 70s, early 80s, prejudice wasn't so, if you can't tell by now, I'm a black girl, but, <laughs> but accent. But um, it was, prejudice was a lot less shrouded. It was just kind of out there. Blatant. Yeah. And so I would call about an apartment and drive to see it while they were at work. And all of a sudden, that apartment had just been taken. Hmm. Nope, I'm sorry. You were misinformed when you called. I don't know who you talked to, but it sounded like the same girl. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, that apartment's been rented. And so one day, duh, a light bulb went off. And I said to George, I said, I called this place earlier today, George Ann. This apartment sounds really nice. The woman said it's been rented. Call. Well, oh. George Ann, green eyes and blonde hair, mm -hmm. she got to come see the apartment. And then the black girl showed up with her. Now, we don't want your damn apartment. We did want the apartment, but <laughs> she only wanted to rent it to George Ann. So, <laughs> I get lost in my own stories. So, but now that's, so that was a little revenge. That's, that's had to feel pretty sweet. I mean, yes, at that it felt point, darn you know, good. Yes, I, it did. Yeah, I can imagine. So, uh, did you come in after the fact, or did you like, or did I came you come in, in with after her? the fact. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes, I, I did. That's beautiful. Yep, when she's being shown that apartment, <laughs> boom, I showed up. See, now, nowadays, we, that would be on TV. <laughs> yes, it would. Mm -hmm. Yes, it would. So, in celebration of all of us having a job and us finding out that different people been lying to us, we had decided that we were going to go out that night. And so, we did our little Sunoco gas station thing, got all washed up and got dressed and went out to the bars. And this particular night in this gay bar was the guy, and I'm not trying to out you, it is what it is, and it was in the late 70s, was the owner of Reynolds Rap. <laughs> okay. The guy who had created Reynolds mm -hmm. Rap. Was his and name Reynolds? I don't know, because I was looking for girls. <laughs> sure. He talked to my friend. He's just background Lenny. noise, right. right? Yeah. Yeah, so he was talking to my friend Lenny. Lenny was telling him about he had been able to find a place, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, I own apartment buildings right here in Pasadena. And so he said, but I only have a one bedroom. Are you kidding me? We'd have a bathroom now. <laughs> so he actually rented us our very first wow. apartment. Right? He didn't care what color we were, nothing. We were all in the same place. He saw that we were struggling, and he gave us a place to live. I feel good about so, all the Reynolds wraps that are in my drawer and my kitchen right now. He was so kind to us. Yes, he was. And he good. didn't know us before he met us right there in that bar. And so we made sure he got his rent on the well, I mean, et cetera, et cetera. I spent some time in San Francisco. There's a gay mafia. Yeah. And and they took care of their own. Yeah. You know. So it's a good thing so I wasn't good. up there and I was in Pasadena. <laughs> they <could be> in <laughs> <trouble>. <laughs> and I want to elaborate a little bit on Venus One. I don't even know if Venus One is open right now, but I loved that job. <laughs> mm -hmm. And what I did, though, I didn't take my clothes off. <laughs> but what I did was, when you first walked in, there were all these booths and... Various noises came out of these booths, but I didn't care. They paid me to go behind that curtain. But what I did was I did the lighting, and I ordered movies because we also had movies in this theater. But on the weekends, women would come in by the busloads in the most women. beautiful mm -hmm, stages of undress and very beautiful costumes, and they'd get up on stage. Men would come in and give me $10 
at, in the 80s just mm-hmm. to yeah. see a new girl, you know? And they come in, give me $10 to go into the show, but they'd also have a stack of bills. And that's what they did. All night Still. long was throw these bills at these girls. They wouldn't have to do nothing but take a feather out of their mm-hmm. little outfit. Aren't and do men, like this, and they'd get more money. Aren't yes. men amazing creatures? Oh, yes, aren't they, they are. As- we love y'all's weakness. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. No, it sounds great. It sounds, it sounds like a, <laughs> I know it's a nice burlesque show. I'm, I'm there. Was, I like it costumes. Good, it was a good. It was a good job. And, and you got to do the lights. Yes, I did. The lighting, the music, everything. Mm-hmm. Awesome. To do their little dance, it was great. Different nights, we parked our van at different places <laughs> on different streets. We mm-hmm. could have gotten in trouble for that, but that's where we lived initially. And. We didn't eat a lot in those days, but mostly because money had to go for gas. We still wanted X amount of money until we found a place to live. And so, very next door to the porno theater was an Italian restaurant. Mm -hmm. And we went in there to eat one night. (laughs) In those days, you could get one meal and three people could share it without you having to pay. You know, if you're going to split that, it's still going to cost you. There was none of that. And so he would bring one meal, and the three of us would share it. And after that, he started giving me the extra minestrone soup at night nice. or any extra mm. spaghetti and so forth. And so I, I do have a lot of positive things to say about Pasadena in the late 70s and early 80s because I think we met more kind people than we did prejudiced people, but it's unfortunate that we ran into that prejudice as well. It is unfortunate. I'm, and... I can imagine that being really frustrating, and and it, it it it's the worst that you have to find the right people. Everybody should be the right people. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they should. You know. Yeah. 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 yeah I agree. Mm-hmm. We're that's that's thirty minutes, George. And so now now you own your own porn theater in upstate New York, right? I just want to tell people <laughs> in what the you do. Of my house. The, uh-huh. But I'm not giving out no addresses because <laughs> it costs you more than you ten dollars now. Yeah. <laughs> No, but but to just to to wrap up, so you're not a mortician anymore, and you haven't been for a long time. No, for the last 25 years, I've been a certified psychiatric nurse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and two classes away from my NP. But right oh, now, I'm fantastic. making money instead of giving it all to the college. I shouldn't say that we're out of college right now. But That's woo, great. they'll suck up your money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I hope to be able to come back sometime because I still got mega. Oh stories. yeah. We yeah. we can. Uh, I'm working on a FaceTime where we can like do this remotely. Yeah. So we'll we'll bring you in from right. from New York. And, Every time we uh, see, oh, the ratings are sagging a little bit. Need, Let's bring Terry we need back. To juice it up with some Terry. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I, I I you're here for the week and you're hanging out with us and it's it's been marvelous. And, Thank you. Um, thanks for coming by here today to share your stories. With Sharing us. our goofiness. I'm from ear to ear. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Okay. And, we're going to wrap it up right now. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up right now, so say what you got to say. Find us at True Baloney. Tell us your true stories. Tell your friends about us. Yeah. We want you to listen. Give us a review on iTunes, because we're on iTunes now. Yes. Give us some reviews. There's one review on iTunes, and it's me reviewing my own thing. I gave us five stars, (laughs) and I was being honest, and I think we're getting better and better. But we we need some of you to come on and review as well. Please. And um, so True Baloney at Twitter. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh, we want to thank our theme music that I keep using that we never thank. Oh, sure. Swing set. Swing set. Mm -hmm. And uh, thanks to McKendrick College. McKendrick College. Oh, my gosh. How many years have we been uh, McKendry <laughs> University for the use of the beautiful uh, Pile Sound Studio. I think that's it. Is that that's everybody? It. We did We're everything. 
We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Yay!